guys, I just wanted to say a few things before I begin this episode, which I'm really, really excited to share. First, I know I promised initially to be posting two episodes a week during uh, May, so I wanted to apologize uh, about not posting one um, last Thursday. Uh, Truth be told, I was having kind of a rough week, and I just wasn't up to um, editing an episode in time for Thursday and I also wasn't sure which one I wanted to post and I was just going through some things so that's uh, the honest reason and it also leads me actually into something I wanted to do as part of this solo which was the how are you really challenge which is so awesome that this even exists Um, basically for some background on it Kenneth Cole, who's the fashion designer as well as the founder of the Mental Health Coalition, started this conversation or challenge to get, you know, celebrities and other people to open up about their um, mental health and just explain, like, you know, how the how the pandemic was affecting them and just other things. So first of all awesome and this is totally up my alley so how am I really um honestly not great (laughs) that's uh the truth which you can probably guess by you know me not posting an episode last week I'm definitely going through some things and um it's it's been a tough tough couple of days But overall, I've had a good support system and um, I've I've just been because of the pandemic. I mean, on one hand, it's like, oh, no, worst time to be going through something bad. But at the same time, it's kind of nice because, you know, there's not much to feel FOMO about. I don't feel pressured to go out even when I'm sad. I can just kind of sit and think and read and do yoga walk outside when it's beautiful and um so in a way I kind of appreciate the fact that I'm social distancing right now because it just gives me time to focus more on myself and uh, reach out and speak to those that I love um but yeah that's that's how I really am not that I'm (laughs) I mean not that I'm a celebrity and you know sharing that but I really do appreciate uh the mental health coalition for putting this together because it's awesome and i would encourage anyone to do this challenge and just to preface this episode so when i was you know i was going through kind of a tough week as i mentioned and i was just trying to decide which of the episodes that i previously recorded to share and i knew that i had to share this one with chelsea um who's such an inspiration. She's just such a beautiful soul. And in many ways, I thought, I think we're very similar. Um, But we talk a lot about just self-love and, you know, what, and and the whole concept of like what, of accepting the love uh, that you deserve and like when you are able to actually do that. 
And so I think it's the perfect episode to share right now. I've actually listened to it a couple of times on myself to give me a little bit of boost of confidence. Um, So I hope you all enjoy it. Uh, There is a trigger warning because we go into a lot of stuff about um, eating disorders and uh, different things that if, you know, if you are suffering with any body image issues or stuff like that, you may want to um, skip to like the last 15 minutes or so. But that being said, I do think that is just a really overall uplifting episode and kind of a little girl power in a way. Um, And then before I continue to blab on, I wanted to just read this quote that my virtual yoga instructor said in my yoga session this morning and it kind of aligns with uh, the theme of this podcast episode she said any love that we have in our lives can be brought from within we don't have to depend on anyone to give it to us and I think that's the perfect segue into this episode with Chelsea and it's true that the most important love in your life is the one that you give yourself because that's who you're going to be with your entire life. <laughs> Sounds dumb, but it's true. Anyways, I hope you enjoyed this episode with Chelsea and yeah, sending love. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Solace in the City. Today, I'm so excited to be here with Chelsea Curtis, who is the co-host of the popular podcast, What We Said, and also a certified health coach. Thanks so much for being here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for having me virtually. I'm so happy that I found you through TikTok. <laughs> I know. It's such it's so crazy as we were talking about that. I'm like, it's so weird that people... I always thought TikTok was like a side thing that no one would find of me. You know what I mean? And then when people are like, oh, I found you through TikTok. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's your first impression of me is like my TikTok. Yeah. It's because the algorithm. I mean, like Mark Zuckerberg is like hiding all of our Instagram posts. And then TikTok is like, here, here, everyone can see this. (laughs) So I know it's crazy. Why don't you just start off with like telling me a little bit about yourself? Where are you from? How old are you? Where'd you grow up? What's your story? Yeah, so first of all, I'm 25 years old. I just turned 25 a couple weeks ago. Happy birthday. Um, I'm currently living in L.A. with my husband, who I've been married to. His name's Nick. For We just celebrated our four-year anniversary, actually, Congrats. as well, a couple weeks ago. My I got married two days before my birthday. So yeah, I was going to say. My birthday are right next to each other. Um, and I, I'm also, like you said, a podcast host. I host what we said podcast. We actually just started doing a online course. It's called Balanced Boss, where we kind of teach all about finding happiness and success in the areas of business and health. So the um, my best friend who I co-host the podcast with, JC, she's a business entrepreneur and really passionate about that. I'm obviously very passionate about health and body image and all that good stuff. So we kind of combined, teamed up, and made this course to combine the two and kind of find balance in all areas and it's been going really well so I do that and then also obviously take one-on-one clients with my health coaching and do some content creation along with that so that's awesome (laughs) you seem like you must be pretty busy yeah 
So I would say sometimes, sometimes I'm like surprised at how not busy I am actually. Did you grow up on the West Coast? Like where are you from originally? And then did you move directly to LA after um, like graduation or how'd that work? Yeah. Well, I grew up in Arizona. Well, actually, I was born in California, but only lived here until I was like two or three. And then me and my family moved to Arizona. That's where I grew up. That's where I went to high school. That's where I met JC. We were best friends in high school. And then after graduation, I moved I moved around quite a bit. I moved to California to live with my grandparents for a while. Then I went to school in Utah for a couple years. Then when I got married, my husband is from Arizona as well. We moved to San Diego. Then we moved to Arizona. Then we moved to um, Riverside, California. Then we moved to Utah. Then we moved to Nashville. Then we moved back to Arizona. And now we're in LA. So within the four years we've been married, we moved like eight times. This is our eighth, maybe ninth move now. But this is hopefully the longest we'll ever live somewhere. (laughs) We're hoping to make it a year. Yeah, that's so, crazy. What what were you doing just for work reasons or exploring? Yeah, my husband does like my husband does seasonal sales, so we were moving often in the summer for him and then when we moved back to Arizona it was just like on the off seasons and then now we kind of moved to LA for the podcast and all these like he doesn't do sales anymore. So, both of our jobs are kind of more steady. Yeah, and also now with quarantine, I mean, you can't <laughs> I know exactly. I can't. We moved here right before everything happened. So we experienced LA for about a month and now we've only really experienced our neighborhood. So so I know that um, you opened up on TikTok and I'm not sure if on Instagram as well. Just about like growing up um, and dealing with, you know, body image issues um, and stuff that I think a lot of I, I would guess, you know, more than the majority of women deal with, but don't necessarily talk about enough. So I was wondering if you could kind of explain your experience uh, with that. Yeah, that's a quite a loaded question, but I can kind of sum it up. I've, I've talked about this on my podcast, actually. It was one of our first episodes. I really dove into it, which was really scary for me because I never... Like, I knew my family and friends had never heard that part, and I didn't want them to feel like not necessarily guilty or sad or, you know, how it is when you find out one of your friends has been struggling and you just had no idea. So it's like you, you know, I was a little scared to put it out there, but after I really like opened up about everything and all of the like super kind, encouraging messages about how it helped other girls kind of understand what was happening with themselves and their body image and all that. Um, it just like gave me so much freedom. So I've opened up about it. I, I wrote actually a, a little ebook um, that kind of tells my story with an eating disorder and um, kind of opened up about how I recovered from it and am still recovering from it, but how I've just like grown so much in terms of what I think health even looks like and all that stuff. But basically, like most girls growing up, I was very hyper aware of my body. And I, I don't know at what age that kind of changed. But probably from when I was like 10 years old, I always remember thinking that my body was bigger than other girls. And I just always wanted to be smaller. And I don't know, again, I don't necessarily think it was like I wanted to be skinnier. I didn't really know. I just mm-hmm. always wanted to be smaller. So 
it never really affected me until high school, my junior year, I actually really started to notice because I was on swim team and I was a dancer. Two sports where you are very rarely wearing a lot of clothing. So not only was I hyper aware of my body, but how my body compared to other girls' bodies and like pick, could pick apart every single part of our bodies. I'm like, oh, why doesn't my, you know, waist look like that? Why don't my thighs look like that? Why aren't my legs long? Why aren't, you know, mm-hmm. endless list of things. And so my junior year, I started to feel like, well, I can do something about this. Why don't I just start, you know, losing weight? Maybe that'll change the anatomy of my body, basically, is what I was thinking it would do. And so I started to, on top of swim and dance, I started to run every single day, like two miles, which I don't know if that's a lot or not a lot, but for me, that was a lot. Um, Every single day when I got home. And then I remember eating my food. I would bring like basically cardboard bread with peanut butter on it for breakfast and I would bring it to my first hour and eat it like so slowly and chew it in like little bites. And I would do the same thing with my lunch and dinner. And I kind of just took out sugar and was like, which was kind of weird for like a 17 year old girl. I feel like mm-hmm. at that point, cause everyone was just still chilling, loving life. Um, and then it kind of got a little better my senior year. I feel like I was like a lot happier and just way more accepting of my body. But then after I graduated, I gained the classic like freshman 15. I, I, I swear I just went through puberty. Like I've heard it, be, I've heard it called second puberty. Have you heard of that? Yeah. I mean, my story is really similar. So if it is a yeah. true thing, then yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know scientifically if that's the right, you know, phrase for it, but I, for the first time got acne I had never had acne in high school. Um, I started having periods regularly, which I never had before either. Um, And again, like gained weight and felt like it was just my skin, just my body. Just I didn't even recognize myself anymore. I just also I was away from home and trying to figure out what the heck I was going to do with my life and feeling like I had to choose at that point, you know what I was going to do with the rest of my life. And I had to pick a career at that point and whatever I chose was going to be what I was stuck doing. So that was a lot of pressure and also looking for a boyfriend and wanting to get married super bad because that's just what I thought you had to do. And, and then also on top of that dating in college is not easy or fun. So I think I'll just mix together. I was just extremely unhappy never experienced depression or anxiety like I had when I was like living in Utah at school. And again, just didn't really recognize myself and not even physically, just emotionally. I remember going home for Christmas and my mom was came up to me and kind of pulled me aside and was like, the light has left you. Like you don't look like you, you know, are happy. You don't have a light in you anymore. And it just seems like you're just so unhappy and, at the time, I don't think I was really, like, eager to be like, yeah, you're right. I was like, no, like, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm mm-hmm. fine. And then when I went back up to school, actually, I was kind of in, like, a – we kind of talked about this. Like, a toxic relationship, but it's not actually a relationship. It's yeah. Like, like, I call it, like, situationship. Work. Yes, exactly. It's, like, the almost relationships are worse than the actual relationships. Completely. Wait, can you can you hear my earrings, like – no. <laughs> okay. 
Um, and that was worse because it made me feel like I wasn't enough, like not even good enough to be like official with them. So it was, I mean, I don't really know if it was worse or better. I'm not going to say one's worse than the other, but it made me feel so much more insecure. And he would say things around me like, mind you at the time I had like pitch black hair and again was carrying like at this point I'd gained 30 pounds. So I was 30 pounds over what like my healthy weight I would say is. And he would say things like, Oh, I just love like super tall, skinny, um, blonde girls. And I'd be like, <laughs> like literally, why would you say that? Like in front of me, even if that's what you like, like, why would you say that in front of me? And yeah. while I'm like hanging out with you and you like still want to, you know, make out with me and stuff like what? So after a couple months of getting through that and just realizing my mom said something to me that stuck with me. She's like, you just have to take your power back and you can never give somebody else the power over you. So after I kind of realized that I started to distance myself from him in general, which I didn't think he would mind too much because it seems like what he wanted in the first place anyways. Um, and started to get into nutrition. That's when I found like a plant-based diet. And so I did a lot of research on that. My dad's been a health nut his whole life. Um, and he was actually getting into a plant-based diet at the same time I was. So we kind of researched together and I kind of just went full fledged into it right away. Um, which I don't know is necessarily the best way to do it, but for me at that point it worked and it stuck. So I cut out meat and dairy and just really focused on eating whole foods and, I started to go to the gym again and start working out and I felt really, really good. And I went back home and I remember my mom saying like, I can see the light in you again. Like you look happy. And I think it's just because I started loving myself again and finding myself. But then I got engaged. So I got back into a relationship. And I know this is something we kind of wanted to talk about too. Before my, the toxic relationship. So rewinding. I had met this guy and he was so nice to me and literally was over the top sweet to me. Like would go out of his way. I'd never been with a guy who treated me so well, like opened all my doors, like gave me pep talks, just was like actually shocking. It like weirded me out. Like I was like, what are you so nice? I've never met someone like this. Yeah. And at the time, I just did not like myself at all. This was like when I had started gaining a little bit of weight and had started just feeling like anxiety and all that stuff. And we started dating and he was like so persistent. And I was just like, mm, okay, I'll give it a try. Like, I do like him. I think he's really cute. We have a lot of common, like we click, but there's just something off. Like, I just felt something off. So... I broke up with him and I had, and that's when I moved to Utah for school and things got way worse. And that's why I met the other toxic guy. And so back to where I was when I started yeah. plant-based and I was starting to like find myself again and really enjoy working out. I realized I still loved that guy. So I called him all the time and was like trying to get back in his line of sight. But at that point, we had like been broken up for 10 months and basically he was living in San Diego. I was living in Arizona. So I drove to visit him in San Diego and basically told him, I'm really sorry. I was in a horrible place when we were dating the first time, but 
like I truly feel like you're the one for me it just was bad timing will you, would you can you take me back please basically and he was like well I'm kind of seeing someone else but like obviously like I, you know how I feel about you it's just I just I've moved on kind of which I was like cool so like off girls um, drive back yeah so I kind of kept you know and touched them a little bit but he was you know a week later literally like not very long after I went and visited him and told him this stuff he was basically like I'm not seeing anyone I'm not talking to that girl anymore and like I want to see you again so he came back home to Arizona and we hung out and we just like from then on it was just like history like he just we started dating again then we got engaged and now we've been married so um I feel like that's kind of a separate tangent sorry I just went on two no, it's okay. I think that's, like, A, the most perfect love story I've ever heard, like, really Nicholas Sparks material. But yeah, it, I think it does really show, like, and kind of prove this point that I go back and forth with people on because not everyone agrees with me, but I really do think that you need to love yourself before you can let someone else love you. Or like, yeah, 100%. If you're letting it, like, maybe you can be in love, but that's not going to be a healthy relationship. It's- yeah, no, definitely. You can't, it's really hard to understand and be non judgmental of someone else when you're being so judgmental towards yourself and so impatient with yourself. It's really hard to just like turn that part of your side, like of yourself off in order to give them the unconditional love they deserve yeah and vice versa and it's and I I think also it's important like it's not to say that ever since we got back together like it's been I myself seems imperfect I actually didn't experience the worst of my eating disorder until right after we got married so while we were engaged I was just planning a wedding and like I was kind of starting that's when I really started to get obviously everyone's like I want to lose wedding weight you know I gotta fit the dress and so that was kind of my focus and I was just so distracted, but I was like going to the gym and then going to hot yoga for an hour and eating super clean, like cut so much out of my diet. Like I didn't eat oil. I didn't eat sugar. It was like the cleanest I could have possibly imagined eating. Um, and I wasn't necessarily unhappy at that point, but I was starting to get into binging. So I was, and I, I say like not unhappy because I wasn't aware of it. I was just kind of, again, distracted by all everything that was going on in my life. Like I didn't even think twice about it. I knew mm-hmm. that when I did that, it wasn't great. But then after we got married, I expected all those things to just, you know, after you're married, everything's great. Like life is perfect. That's, you know, the best thing you could possibly do. So right after we got married, we moved out of the state and that's when it got really bad because I was kind of sometimes it takes something like that to realize how your mental state is, is not going to change based on your circumstances. hundred percent. It's based on your mental state. So, um, that's actually when it got the worst, my body image, like when I would get changed, I couldn't even look at myself in the mirror and my husband was just kind of like, Whoa, like <laughs> what happened? Like you, you seem so confident. Like, um, you seemed fine. Like what, what's happening? And I'm just like, I don't know. So that's when I really started to go to therapy and, um, really work on my self-talk 
And that's when I realized, like, even if I look healthy, I work out every single day and, you know, eat as healthy as I possibly can. It doesn't necessarily mean I'm healthy. I could be like just as unhappy as, you know, and unhealthy as someone who eats, you know, Chef Boyardee for every meal and just drinks Dr. Pepper. It doesn't matter if your mental state is and how you talk to yourself is negative, I guess. Definitely. It's funny or not funny, but it's interesting that you say that it peaked when all this craziness was happening in your life because I think that's what I definitely noticed happened to me is like when everything was out of control, it was the one thing in my life that I had control over of like what I actually put in my body and like what I did. So yeah, in all chaos, it was like this sort of rock I turned to, but it was like this toxic rock that <laughs> like yeah, 100%. was not a good thing to turn to where I should have been focusing on, you know, mindfulness or like tuning into myself. But it does take a, you know, a really low point to come to that realization. And I think that acceptance is like the first step towards progress. No, 100%. Yeah, like actually understanding. Well, and that's something that I didn't even know I had an eating disorder. So that's something that I often talk about is like, I think, and we both know this is when you grow up, especially in our generation, like when I grew up watching movies or TVs, eating disorders was like not really talked about that much. But if it was, it was like anorexia or, um, you know, sometimes bulimia, like throwing up after something. But even then, you don't know really what it is. Yeah, it was such a, such a magnitude too, like over exaggerated and like noticeably like really thin people and like very, yeah. Exactly. So from the outside, you know, when I was binging at night and like hiding rappers because I was so embarrassed of like, you know, and, and it wasn't even at times I would binge on sweets, but other times it's like, I would just binge on rice cakes and grapes. And, and I think it, people have said to me, like, which is kind of weird, like you weren't binging. It's, you don't have binge eating disorder. You were just hungry because you were starving yourself all day. And I'm like, what? Can't, the point is that the feeling surrounding that Yes, you could like, you know, not eat for a day and then you eat a ton and that's your body's reaction because it's starving. So it's like, I need to hold on to a lot of stuff. But the problem lies within the guilt and shame. Yeah, and the mindset. Exactly. So I like kind of, again, I kind of knew it wasn't right, but I also just maybe figured that's what everybody did. Like that's how everyone felt and that's just how you lose weight and that's how you stay thin is you, you just are miserable basically. You know, mm-hmm. again, you hear growing up, we've luckily now we've debunked some of these sayings, but like, you know, nothing tastes as good as skinny feels and just yeah. like all of these sayings, it's like beauty is pain and all of these things. And so you just think, oh, I just have to suffer in order to look this way. And that's, that's how people are going to like me. People will really start to like me once I look this, you know, certain way, once I'm skinny, once I have, you know, this or this or this, if I have a big butt, people will really start to like me. People will listen to me, you know, if I look a certain way, which is just not true, especially if you don't love yourself or listen to yourself, no one else is going to be interested either. And um, so when I, right before I got married, actually, I remember my husband, like, went to go touch my stomach, like, not even sexually or anything, just literally, we were watching a movie or something. And it was under my shirt and I was so, like, my stomach was my most self-conscious area for sure. I was just, I've never liked my stomach, um, like growing up. And so he like barely was going to touch it. And I was just like, 
I kind of like flinched and kind of like, don't touch me right there. And he was like, whoa, he's like, I don't even know what prompted him to say it, but he's like, do you have an eating disorder? And I was like, what the heck? Like, but I just started sobbing and I was like, maybe, (laughs) you know, like, you know, I heard this thing where it's like, you know, sometimes you don't know what's wrong and you're just super upset. And then your mom is asking you all these things like, well, is it because of this or your friend or whoever? And then once they say the thing, you just like break down and that's how, you know, yeah, it's like, I feel like it was something especially yeah, for like, like that especially for a guy bringing it up i mean it's if it's like something that's you know stigmatized or has a certain like cliche attached to it in the women's world like guys have literally no idea or even like they wouldn't i i feel like they would much re- like less so pick up on the signs so for him like i would be so caught up like um caught off guard if my boyfriend ever said that out of you yeah, know so I, it, yeah I can imagine that that was just like but what was his like response or you know he was just like I think more so he he obviously noticed I had like insecure tendencies I mean when we first started dating the first round <laughs> that was like the main problem was he was always giving me pep talks because I was always like talking so negatively about myself mm-hmm. and just like um, so he obviously knew that, but I honestly don't even know why maybe, you know, spiritual intervention told him to say that so that I would start like looking into it because that's when I, after he said that, he just, I mean, he was super sweet about it. He was like, it's okay. Like I just started crying. I was like, maybe, I don't know. I just like, I'm super insecure about that. And so I actually was at the library one day cause I was, um, working with kids and I had to drop them off at their appointment. And while I was waiting, I just went next door to the library and actually started reading this book. And people ask me, like, well, what's the book? And I'm like, it literally was just describing, like, it was only, maybe even an eating disorder dictionary or something. It was literally just describing what different eating disorders were, what they looked like kind of thing. It wasn't saying, like, I mean, obviously, it probably said, like, talk to a doctor or something. But it wasn't anything, like, how to recover from an eating disorder. Mm-hmm. But like you were saying, going back to the point you brought up, is acceptance is definitely the first step because – after I read like binge eating disorder with, um, I don't even remember the name now, like non-purged um, tendencies because I would binge at night and then the next day I would restrict my calories even more or go run it off. And like, there was just a constant science in my head or math in my head of calories, you know, consumed versus calories lost. And how was I going to make up for that? And just like every calorie counted and, um, if I overate, especially when I binged, I would completely like think of some kind of way I would take laxatives, um, you know, whatever it took basically. And so I started reading about this and I was like, Oh, this is disordered eating. And it was like this weight got lifted off my chest because at that point I was like, I can fix this. Like, this is not something everyone deals with. This is not how life just is. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's something I can get help with. So I can actually work on it and I can go get help for it. And I don't have to live like this for the rest of my life, which was great news. I mean, obviously, it was, it's kind of weird when I say that. Like, once I found out I had an eating disorder, it was great. But once I, like, actually realized that I could get help with it, things started going uphill from that mm-hmm. point. 
So that's when I started to, I told my parents, even my parents were like, you do like, again, you look fine. Mm-hmm. You don't look, you know, really like you don't look thin. You don't look like you picture it in the movies, like super, super thin. And so after I told them, I like obviously started researching stuff on my own. And then after we got married and we moved, I like kind of knew that it happened. And that's when I started to feel like, oh my gosh, this is really bad. Like, I think I need to get a therapist. So again, it was nice that I knew what it was so that I right when we got married, like literally probably weeks after we got married and we moved to a new place, I went to a doctor and I told her what was happening. And she's like, oh, I think it's probably anxiety. And I was like, okay, well, whatever it is, I need some help. So um, then she recommended me to a therapist that worked with anxiety and eating disorders. And so I went and met with her uh, for a couple months while we lived there. And again, from that point forward, it was uphill. It was not easy. Not Definitely didn't get better just like as soon as I started going to therapy. But um, as I started to do my own work on myself, like reading different books and trying to figure out how to actually practice more positive self-talk and get into more holistic health, then that's when everything started to feel hopeful. And I got like a glimpse of what it would be like to actually love my body and to be okay with food and not have a horrible relationship with eating and food. And so, yeah. Yeah, it definitely, it's like, there's this picture that I, one of my nutritionists showed me, which is like progress, like what you expect. And it's like a line like that. And then like reality. And it's like, (laughs) like as quickly, but no, it's true. And I think, I don't know if you found this, but when I opened up about my eating disorder on the podcast, um, which prior to then, even though I'm sure my friends knew, like, I'm sure they had an idea. It was never something I was open about. I mean, I would talk about anxiety and I'd talk about my depression and all of that, like without, like, as if it were anything else. But something about it, just how soon, like how close, I don't know, it's just something about it that there's like, it's so uncomfortable talking about, or at least I felt. And then once I felt like I made it public, it was like, okay, now all these people know and like, I have to make I have to like make them proud. So I feel like, you know, when your yeah. husband came to you and asked you and you and like you confided in him, it was like, okay, now someone's holding you accountable to like this in addition to holding yourself accountable. Yeah, 100%. You want to you want to get better for them as well. Like exactly. you want to Yeah, not and it's like making them proud. You want to be a better person so you can be nicer to them. Yeah, exactly. Um, you can give them, like, again, if you're giving yourself unconditional love, it's just so much easier to give other people unconditional love. And if you understand yourself and, you know, are easy on yourself, it's easier to be easier on others and, um, like, more accepting of them, too. Have you ever seen... Because I thought even... Oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, you, you first, because this is, like, a different tangent. Um, oh, <laughs> I was going to say, even I found myself remembering when... You know, I was like struggling the most with my negative self-talk was I was also super judgmental of other people, like other people's bodies, not even not that I would like bully anybody, but in my mind, like I would think I was just like so analytical of other people as well. So I was like so quick to say like other people's bad habits or other people's, you know, 
problems that they were dealing with because I had so many of my own and I was so hard on my, I was harder on myself than I was even on them. But as soon as I started to be again, more loving to myself, I noticed this isn't even something I was trying to do. I just noticed that I became way more, you know, loving. And, yeah. And like laissez-faire about people's lives. Wait, that's so interesting. Yeah. I've never thought about that, but now I'm reflecting on my own life and like, I feel the same way. Like, I feel like I judge yeah. people so much less. And I, I, for lack of a better word, like, shit talk so much less. Yeah, exactly. Wow. And that's it's crazy. especially, I feel like, again, it's what people have you ever read the book, The Four Agreements? Yeah, I have it in my, <laughs> no, but I have it on my bookshelf. Oh, yeah. Um, it's just my favorite book ever because I feel like it just puts everything into such good perspective. It's quick, it's short, it's to the point. And it just covers every single area I've ever struggled with and probably everyone struggles with. And it just helps with being so accepting of other people because you realize that when people are, you know, and this is off another, this is on another topic of like dealing with criticism or dealing with people who, you know, are saying mean things to you or whatever. Um, is I think he's phrases it like emotional poison or venom or whatever. And he says, when, somebody is like poisoned basically they have this hatred in them they're hurting they want to spread that to other people and get it out of them it doesn't get it out of them it just like spreads it basically so they're going to like spit their poison at you and you don't have to accept that poison you just don't let it in your body and um you have to understand that it's because they're coming from a place of hurt yeah like no Nobody who's just, like, happy with themselves and loves themselves is, like, going around, you know, just bashing other people. Yeah, that's so true. on the internet. Like, Yeah, that's, like, it's so true. And I I remember noticing that a lot when I was struggling. And even – this was even before I was in a bad place. It was more so, like, looking back. I kind of can connect all of the dots, but there were times when a lot of, like in high school, girls would accuse, is a weird word to use, but like accuse me of having an eating disorder. And at the time I didn't, like at the time I loved my body and I I was very happy with myself. But I was like, like why, you know, why are you critiquing everything I eat? Like why are you making those comments? And then years later when I was in that bad place, I noticed my I was doing the same to like my sister and things like that. So it really does show that yeah. you it was complete projection. But only, you know, if hindsight's 2020, so Yeah, no, for sure. Kind of going back to just, you know, being able to only being able to like really give love to others after loving yourself. Um the quote that I was thinking of and like I don't know why I haven't thought about this before, but have you read or seen Perks of Being a Wallflower? A lot. I think I did in high school the last time I saw it, so years and years ago. But you know the I quote. Seen it once. There's like that quote: "You you accept the love you think you deserve." Oh yeah, one hundred percent. It's so true. It's like I don't know, like like this toxic situ- situationship that I was in in college. It was like I think I felt like I could heal. He had, I mean, a lot of problems at the time. And I felt like I was drawn to him because I felt like I could be, I could distract myself from my own problems by like nurturing him and like being his like savior. 
And then yeah. it was just so toxic. Whereas like on the flip side, I had like an extremely amazing boyfriend in high school who treated me like a princess and was so nice to me. And once I started getting in a bad place, I like self-destructed that relationship because I was like, I don't deserve kindness. Like I don't deserve like at a guy being so nice to me and like yeah and it's just really crazy how it all you know circles back to how we think of ourselves and how we definitely but yeah I actually included that quote which is funny you said that in my planted book because that's how I describe it and I I think I said that to my husband one time like I told him and he's like did you come up with that and I was like no that's that's from a movie but it's so true and even in the four agreements he talks about it like you'll never let somebody abuse you more than you abuse yourself which is kind of a you know forward statement but I I think he's trying to say like of you won't let them continue to do something to you um if you don't know you know if you're being just as hard but probably harder on yourself so he's saying if you are like if you think you deserve so much punishment because you don't feel like you deserve anything, you feel like you're unworthy of love, you feel like, you know, again, you need to be punished for something bad that you are or you did or you're, you know, innately bad or whatever thoughts that you have, like limiting beliefs that you have about yourself. If somebody else is just confirming those, you're going to believe them so that you're going to stay with them and you're going to, you know, whether it's a boyfriend or whether it's a friendship or whatever it is. And you're not going to really stand up for yourself versus if you, once you raise your level of happiness and and confidence, if somebody is treating you below that, you're way quicker to realize it and be like, whoa, no. Yeah. Like I don't deserve this. That's not okay. Yeah. But again, that, so something that actually we talked about one of our podcast episodes that I loved and she, um, she was talking about, um, she was in an abusive relationship and he cheated on her a marriage actually and she was we asked her like well what's the best advice you have for somebody who is you know that you love because we all know that person that we have that's that's in an abusive relationship um whether it's like you know they're toxic they're verbally abusive whatever it is and you want to just like scream at them and be like can you just stop like being with them like are you dumb like you need to get out of there like can't you see you're the one who tells me all the terrible things, you know, he or she does to you. Um, so why don't you get out? And she was saying, the only thing that I would have listened to at that point is someone bringing me up. Because as soon as someone starts to bring, you know, if, if someone were to talk crap about him to me, I would just wouldn't talk to them anymore. Because yeah, in my mind, I already kind of knew that. But at the same time, I was like, I know, but he, you know, I see him differently. And, and he's, it seems you know, like judgment and it seems like you made the mistake. Yeah, exactly. So if you're bringing them up and you're making them like feel, you're letting them understand how much they mean to you. And you're saying, you know, hey, I just want you to know you're incredible. You deserve so much. You have made such an impact on my life. You're so positive. You're so caring. You know, tell them all the things that they're gifted with. Then they're going to raise their own level of confidence. And again, it's that same principle of, as soon as they get a little bit higher than what they're being treated as, they might start to realize, and then they might start to like take those steps to get out of their own situation. I'm not I'm not gonna say it works 100 percent of the time, but it's the best way that I've heard. That's the best advice I've ever heard for that. Yeah, oh, I love that so much. 
I always wrap up these recordings by asking these five questions from the New York Times uh, article. So Mm -hmm. the first question is, what's one thing in your life that's happened to you that's made you a stronger person today? Oh, um, wow. I can think of like a lot of things, but I feel like, I don't know if it's necessarily something that's happened to me, but I grew up with such a good family and I feel like learning lessons with them, whatever it was, good or bad, has, I can like attribute everything that I now love about myself or that I am good at now to like back to them. Like my parents, like unsupportive or not unsupportive. <laughs> unconditional support, um, which I know not everybody has. So I'm like, just so grateful for them. Yeah. I love how you said like, learn with them. Like, yeah. What Or sorry. Do you believe everything happens for a reason? Yes. 100%. Why? I feel like, well, I actually just started getting into kind of the law of attraction and getting, you yeah, know, learning a little bit more of that. Yeah. So I feel like from then, like everything happens for a reason. And that reason is that like you're attracting it into your life, which whether it's good or bad, you're kind of meeting their vibration, you know? So, um, yes, I 100% believe that what we, especially things that we see and notice, because there's a lot of things that happen to us that we don't even notice or acknowledge. So the things that we do notice that happen to us definitely are, is for a reason. Yeah, I completely agree. It's like what, what is it like what you put out you get it there's like some quote like that I can't think of um wait where's do you have a quote or a mantra that you live by or a favorite quote I have a lot but I think my absolute favorite that excuse me helps me day to day is acceptance um is letting go of your side of the story so whenever you know, I feel like acceptance goes into every area of life, um, but especially with like yourself, your thoughts, other people, how you choose to treat other people and relationships, friendships. And when I think about it, like acceptance is just letting go of your side of the story because everyone has their own story in their head or narrative of what what is and it's just not true. Like nobody has 100% of the truth of anything. So I think when I remember that, that has honestly changed my life the most. But I love that quote. I've never heard of that. But that's so, so true. Yeah. And it's – Yeah, like, I love it. And I also think that people who live by that are just much – not like better people, but you know, no one wants to be around someone who's negative or contrary – is like the contrarian and won't, you know, let up on their side of the story. So I think it's like a really yeah. great thing to live by. What do you love most about yourself? Ooh. Um, I think I love the most things that I've learned, first of all, like along the way, but I think self-awareness is something that I pride myself on, which can come out sometimes as like sensitivity, but I was just recently actually talking to someone and they told me like, if you, self-awareness can kind of hurt you sometimes because it can turn into like worry and criticalness and all of that stuff. But it means you have a good brain. So it means your brain's working. Just, you got to, you know, switch the channel a little bit, but. Wait, that's so funny. That's think, literally what like yeah. my answer would be to self-awareness. Really? Yeah. yeah. My therapist like 
three years ago once said, like, you're very self-aware and that always stuck, like, stuck with me. Yeah, I, w- I would I ask, like, good. if you were a Virgo, but you said your birthday was a couple weeks ago. What's your yeah. – do you know your moon and rising sign? I actually think Virgo is one of mine. I think it's the moon, maybe. I think Sagittarius or Sagittarius. I don't know. I just learned that actually in my app, but I'm yeah. Aries with, um, I think Sagittarius and Virgo. Yeah, I'm an, I'm an Aries rising, so maybe that's it. <laughs> yeah. And lastly, the name of the podcast is How Do You Find Solace in the City? So I guess wherever you are, like what brings you peace and like, what brings you home? Well, definitely my family, for sure. Because, again, we've moved so many places, and we've moved in. We've lived in big cities. We've lived in San Diego. We've mm-hmm. lived in Nashville. And, you know, um, it's really hard to feel like somewhere is home. So I've definitely learned that home is where, you know, the heart is. And so, I mean, I only have my husband and my dog. I don't have kids or anything. But, um when I'm with them, I feel home. I feel like safe, peaceful, um, present, which makes me happy. So, do you want kids? Yes, I think you'd be like a really great mom. Oh, thank you. Like seriously, if you hopefully can just like pass on the, the. Oh my gosh, that's so crazy to imagine. But hopefully, you can like <laughs> pass along your knowledge, like your knowledge, and just like kindness. Um, oh, but- thank you. That's that's the best compliment. Thank <laughs> you. 